Welcome back to geeking out over Star Wars. Holy crap. Like, I, 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 I can't even go to our usual preamble. Um, I, 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 I'm at a loss for words just because we have so much, so much damn Star Wars to talk about. Um, I, it, let me, let me do a little bit of preamble. Uh, this is Geeking Out Over Star Wars. This is where we talk about all things Star Wars, everything in the galaxy far, far away, everything canon, everything going on. I'm joined by my co-pilot, as always, Shamari. Are you excited? Oh, man, I'm, I am so excited. Um, I mean, we're talking about Celebration, which is just, you know, whenever there's a Star Wars Celebration, it's always a very exciting time. Um, so yes, yes, I'm very, excuse me, very excited. Um, and you actually were there. So that's I, like another level. I, okay. Like I said in the last show, anyone who's listened to the last show, I did not realize that Celebration was in London, um, this year. Uh, maybe last year, or I, I remember, obviously, when it was announced, and then I forgot about it because I said, all right, I'm not going, wasn't going to make it work. You and I wanted to go together. We ended up not being able to go. So it was like, okay. And then I'm visiting England because of my fiance. I'm going to visit, and I, I, I just I clicked a week beforehand. I went, oh, my God. Dude, it, it's in England. I couldn't pass up the chance. Yeah. I couldn't pass up the chance. So um, I bought tickets through the Light Exchange. So I guess we're getting into this episode already, by the way. Um, so we are just let me let me go to the top before I get too excited and too carried away. Uh, this is our celebration recap episode. So Shamari are going to Shamari and I are going to talk about all things celebration, everything that was announced, uh, my experience there, panels, trailers news and we got some big news too and some actually i think very exciting news and some concrete news which is very very exciting um which in in the world of star wars where things have fallen through time and time and time again over the last four years it's very exciting um so we're gonna go through all of that our our excitement things things we're happy about things we're excited for things that were a little you know on the fence about and so it's just a great time to be a Star Wars fan between Celebration, Mandalorian Season 3 finale, Bad Badge finale, the Ahsoka, which we'll talk about in August. But every coming out of Celebration, it's always just a Star Wars high. So um, this, is, this is that episode. This is that episode. So Star Wars Celebration. I'm like, okay, got to go. Got to find some way to go. I ask, I ask... If we couldn't, if we couldn't make it happen, that was okay. And so I wasn't going to push, um, I wasn't going to push Jen, my fiance, uh, into doing anything. No, that, that, so, but I brought it up. I was like, you know, I would really, really like to go. You know, it's, it's like on my bucket list. Going to Star Wars Celebration was one of the things that, like, I needed to do one day in life. I just, I, and I never had. For all the years I've been a Star Wars fan, I just never had. And I felt like I couldn't pass up the chance, especially with it being so close, uh, relatively close. It actually, because we're in Bristol, it took a, it took a few hours and a little bit of faff to get there and get back home, but it's okay. 
so we ended up buying tickets to the official um, exchange, the ticket exchange, uh, because like Saturday is sold out officially. But through the ticket exchange, people list their tickets if they're not going anymore. And there were a ton of Saturday tickets left still uh, through there. So got two Saturday tickets. Um, uh, Shamari, I'm assuming you saw my post on Instagram. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got we we went on to you know her universe the uh, line that um, Ashley Eckstein started with all like mm-hmm. the Star Wars clothing and then they have other fandoms and everything too Marvel and whatnot. But we went on we went on her universe. Uh, got we got um, Jen got a dress that was um, uh, modeled after like Ray like it looked like one of those um, like kind of like inspired by Ray's outfit. I got this green bomber jacket. Um, which, oh my god, I fell in love with. And we, we were like, we can't not go in Star Wars apparel or memorabilia or cosplay or something, right? So we got those. And when I tell you it was one of the greatest, if not the greatest day in my life as a Star Wars fan, um, I, I, it's almost hard to put into words, man. It's like almost wow. hard to put into words. Yeah, I. One of the things that I I I told Jen as we were there, and it and I'll tell you here. We talk about this show about a lot of the online vitriol and the hatred and the mm-hmm. the the, the frequent misogyny and yes. racism and bullying done by the on like a lot of the the large not the large but the the loud online community sometimes. Yeah the the small section of Star Wars fans that exist on the the web um and have become unfortunately like the vocal majority they're the minority but the vocal majority and that's what a lot of people think of when they think of like Star Wars fans which is a real shame because the real what I would say the real fans are the type of people who were at celebration like it was just an entire space of some of the most accepting human beings you could just tell from a glance just just full of love for star wars and all forms and every single type of person who could love star wars and that was the entire vibe i got while i was there just everyone there was so accepting and they just love star wars those are the type of people that that those are star wars fans those are true star wars fans who who Represent exactly what the galaxy represents, an open universe to all, to every type of person, every type of being. That is Star Wars. And being there, I felt so embraced. First off, being in a place that is filled with Star Wars fans in general was just surreal. It's like everywhere I looked, I'm looking at people in some of the best costumes and cosplay I've ever seen. I'm, I'm... and everything that obviously I can point out, all these characters, I'm pointing out all these characters to Jen, and she's, you know, I bless her because she didn't, she doesn't know any of it, but she's mm-hmm. getting excited with me being excited, and I, I love her, I really do love her for that. And I'm pointing out all these characters and all these different things, and it's, that's just so cool as a fan to be like, oh my god, that character and that character and that character. Um, it's packed. We got there pretty much right as it opened. Uh, 10 o'clock uh, between 10 and 11 we got there um and it's packed it's 100 percent packed filled to the brim but that's exciting it never it never felt too crowded 
I would say. It never felt like it was suffocating or too stuffed. Like, it never felt as suffocating or unable to move as, like, um, Comic-Con. Like, if I, like, when we go to Comic-Con now, like, New York Comic-Con, it's yeah. just... you Sometimes, you like, you've been... Like, you just can't move. Oh, yeah. You just yeah. can't move. Like, you'll be in, in between, like, some of the vendor stalls and everything. And literally, there's so many people back-to-back that you just can't move. Um, they, and so we kind of just, uh, went around to different places, went around to, um, different, went a lot around the stalls, just kind of took a lot of it in because like, I just never been so, uh, and when I go to conventions, I think the best thing is to get a lay of the land first. You walk around, kind of see all the vendors, look at the booths, the stalls, the celebration stage was super cool. The guy came out, he was talking about everything. That's where they have a lot of interviews. And I didn't see any of those actually, because it was just moving around a lot. Um, but the highlight, the highlight, I had two two very large highlights, and uh, two specifically. And so we can get into some of it. You can ask me some questions if you want. But I got into the High Republic panel, um, which surreal, dude, surreal. And I also got to the signing um, being done by the High Republic authors, and all of them were there. Um, I all saw the pictures. Oh my gosh! All of them: Charles Soule, uh, Kevin Scott, George Mann, Claudia Gray, Daniel Jose Older, um, and Lydia Kang, and also newcomer Alyssa Wong. Not newcomer to Star Wars, but newcomer to the High Republic. Um, Alyssa yeah. Wong, who just looked so excited to be there, it was quite refreshing. So, um, yeah, it was something, dude. That panel was something. The energy. We, well, we talk about, like, last year, I remember we talked about the panels and talked about what we had seen online because we watched them online, either during, while it was streaming or after. And, like, the energy that you could tell was in the room, especially for, like, the studio showcase and all the specific series and everything. But with the High Republic panel, like, the energy in the room, stuffed to the brim. Dude. The High Republic is incredibly popular, like massively popular, and as it should be, as it should be, one hundred percent. But I think when you're on when you're online and we're like this, and you're kind of in a bubble, and you don't get to see it among other people, right? We don't get to interact mm-hmm. with too many about people about it. Maybe we online occasionally, but you and I, well, you're the person I talk to the most about this. Don't talk to many other people, especially in real life. In real life, that sounds horrible, but in in like you know day to day conversation, but seeing that room chocked full of people, um, and it's becoming more and more popular this era of Star Wars, so much so that I think part of the reason they so so the highlight is of course getting to see all these authors and getting to absolutely see. Um, just them talk about phase two completely and then phase three they announced all of the novels for phase three they announced like they just kind of kept egging on the crowd it was fantastic the energy is great you're screaming you're cheering you're clapping you're standing up and 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 applauding everybody Um, they announced all the titles for phase three they give us key art and everything they look uh, it's fantastic but then what do they do at the end What what do you think they do at the end can you guess what they did at the end? After they made sure the live stream was cut, they made sure they, they're telling everybody the show's over. What do they do? 
They show a trailer. Show a trailer. And I think the reason they show this trailer is not just because it has to do with this era or the tail end of this era, but because I think it's got this the love for this era has gotten so big that it's actually playing to a massive audience now. To a massive audience. And yeah, I saw the I have seen the Acolyte trailer. Officially. I have seen the Acolyte trailer. Not not a not a not a not a cam recorded shaky trailer that someone you know tried to capture now i i was there in a room full of star wars fans and i saw the acolyte trailer and more than that i saw leslie headland who came out on stage as well as one of the series leads rebecca henderson um who is playing a one of my favorite characters in all of almost in all of star wars but definitely of the higher public vernestra Rowe, um which i think is insanely cool I, I has me beyond excited. I, 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 I just can't tell you how great that series looks, man. Like it looks like it's going to be so good. So, I, so I do have a question. Yes, about, give me a question because I feel like I've just been talking straight for yeah, like fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, I have. I so uh, particularly about the trailer. So, of course, we've been reading all the higher public books. Yes. Does this trailer give you a High Republic vibe? Is the 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 the, the robes, the sabers? Is it is it is it like what we've been reading? <laughs> it is. It's exactly oh. like what we've been reading and saying. I think there is from some of the aesthetic. I think you can tell that it's pushing into the Phantom Menace era, the prequel era, Lucas's right. prequel era. But the robes are still like closer to the higher public robes that we've gotten to see in the comic series and the art and here talked about in the books, the, sh uh, some of the ships, um, if I'm remembering correctly, all of it has a higher public feel and all of it more so than the, because even though the show is about the rising darkness that's coming for the galaxy, that's underneath the surface that people don't recognize. It has that feeling of, the Jedi at the height of their powers. Like, there are so many Jedi in this trailer. So many. And it feels so good, because that's what it feels like when you're reading the High Republic series. Like, all of these Jedi. Right? Even if bad stuff is happening, you, there's just so many Jedi populating everywhere. That even in the prequels, it feels like it's diminished, especially because we know where we're going in terms of all of them being killed. Like, the High Republic, this show really does feel like the High Republic. It really does. It really, really does. Which I was... I was worried about it being because it's the tail end, them being like, oh, we can just show the same thing that we've shown. You know, it's say it's been leading into the prequels, and it doesn't differentiate itself. Um, and then also that it would feel disconnected from the rest of the High Republic that's been built so far. Yep. Yep, and that was my fear. Yeah, I remember you sent me that message, and and I, and I just I I completely agree. I think it there was a there was, and I think there I think we had right to worry. I think there could have been a good chance that in the hands of anyone else that it might not have been as closely tied to what we've come to know and love. But from what we heard from Leslie on stage, Leslie Headland, the showrunner, um. 
if I honestly, if I didn't know better, I think she's been reading everything Star Wars. Like she, she said, you know, I, I literally try to consume as much Star Wars as I possibly can, like everything. And I genuinely think she's been taking in all the High Republic stuff, all of it. And she said it was, it meant so much to her to bring everything that she's been reading, like to life on screen in, in a way that honors those stories. Like, I don't know if she says that reading, but she was talking about everything that they've created to life on screen, those stories. And it feels like she has such a genuine love for the High Republic era. And that she wanted to make sure that from the aesthetic and the feeling that it, that it came across that this is the same era and part of the same, like, initiative almost. The High Republic initiative. And th that, that went to including Vernestra Rowe, which she loves as a character. So I, it, there is such love and reverence for this era already. Um, that I, I think the Acolyte's going to be, you know, I, I, I don't, I still don't think it's like my most anticipated thing for next year as of right now and or season two, because I love season one so damn much right now that, that and or season two is still like top most excited for me, but Acolyte's right, but no below it, right below. It. So Man. yeah, yeah, I, oh yeah. So I, I kind of just want your your take on what is what it, what it is like. And you kind of get you kind of told us already, but like even if you could just talk even more about just what it's like as a, as a Star Wars fan being at a con of nothing but Star Wars fans, like is like I don't know just just what is that experience like? Giddiness, giddiness throughout. Not just the excitement at being somewhere that that where I'll get to hear cool things and I'll get to know cool things. And I honestly didn't even think I was going to. I didn't know if I was going to get into a panel and I didn't know that I would get to learn anything new. Honestly, I knew that like I'll get news throughout the weekend. I the we had news from the first the, the literally the first studio showcase within the first hour. I was just giddy being around all things Star Wars. I mean, all of the, the replicas that were made, all of the, the, the giant, you know, the AT-ATs and the ATSTs and the walkers and the speeders and the droids and everything. Just giddiness, pure delight at being surrounded by nothing. Like, you know, we go to Comic-Con, we see someone in Star Wars here, and we're like, yeah, that's awesome. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. okay. But then, you know, it goes away real quick because you're, you're, it's different. And Comic-Con, I feel like, is fun, but it's not as exciting and fulfilling on such a personal level. Whereas yeah. this was that moment. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm genuinely not exaggerating when I say that this was possibly the greatest day in my life as a Star Wars fan. Like as a Star Wars fan, in that aspect of my life, this was the oh, one of the greatest oh, things. Yeah, that, that's that sounds. That sound. I mean, I don't think that's a crazy statement at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I had the stream on all four days, basically. <laughs> just Not like, surprised. Yeah, just like every day, just wake up at like six or whatever, just turn the stream on, right? Just like turn it on, and. By Monday, I was like, I was like tuned out. It was like, this is just too much. I was like, this is just too much. Um, 
But I imagine if I were there, and you could probably tell me after one day, but if I were there, I would just, I would just, it would just be too much. I would just, I don't even know what would happen. But I, I think, okay, I'm sorry. What's up? No, I was going to say, like, what do you, like, is that, how did you feel after one day of just. After starting? one day, I think the, um, in some ways, so this is going to, it's going to sound like I'm, t- I'm a little bit less energetic about it in some ways if you don't plan to go on it to, to multiple panels each day it can be quite i think not tiring but it's still a lot right? right like in that aspect it's still a lot of walking around and a lot of shopping and a lot of um just a lot a lot of that the energy is fantastic um i do think that you kind of have to break it up a little bit I think four straight days of doing that would be a lot for anyone. Um, I think there's just there. If you're going, I, okay. I think if you're going to shop and everything, um, one, two days, but really, honestly, if you are going to shop, yes, I would do that at the end. But if you are, um, if you are doing like taking in different panels on each day, planning out autograph sessions, depending because some people are there, some people aren't. And if you're just going to even like by standing by the galaxy stage, not the galaxy stage, but um, forgot what it was, the celebration stage. It wasn't mm-hmm. not one of the panel rooms. It was just this main stage where they would bring out guests and they'd have interviews and everything. Yeah. You could be there all day. Because it's just different people cycling through each day and different, you get to see different things as a Star Wars fan. So I think it would still be like a lot, like doing four straight days of this, I think just would be very tiring. Um, But there is something very energizing about being with so many Star Wars fans. So I honestly, I can't even speak to it. I still want, maybe one of these days in my life, I'll actually go to all, you know, the entire weekend. I'll get a four day pass and I'll actually be able to do all that. Um, but for now, I've only been one day, so, but I'm keen to, I'm keen to one day do all four and, and see how, see how it goes. Yeah, man. I, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this, just one of these days, I want us to be there together, taking that in. Absolutely. I was going to ask, is this, is this after having done this, should this be a bucket list thing? Like, uh, you and I taking this in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a bucket list thing. That one day in our lives, wherever it is, because, like, I am... Yeah. This is... Uh, I'm moving in, in July, right. and so it's going to be harder to meet up and see each other for sure. Um, this is a bucket list thing. You and I... We're listen. We're we're friends, and we're Star Wars friends, and we this this is the thing that we love, and we talk about almost every week. And there's just no way that we go the rest of our lives without going to one of these together, at least once. We have to. Oh, we yeah. absolutely have to. Uh, um, here. All right. So, um, that was my experience, and I obviously talked about that for like twenty minutes straight. Um, but I'm not sorry because it was amazing, and I I just didn't even expect to go. So I absolutely. And if you're a Star Wars fan, 
I know it can be so hard to get to, and no one should ever be, um, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to feel left out or excluded, and it's expensive. And to fly where it is, like, in two years, it's in Japan. Like, uh, fast forward, and we'll talk about that at the very end, but, you know, the, ne- the next Star Wars celebration is not next year, it's two years, which I really appreciate. Another thing we'll talk about. But it's in two years, and that's in Japan. And going to Japan from most places in the world is crazy expensive like flights from to japan like round trip tickets from new york to japan are like two thousand dollars man so you know can't really fault anyone star any star wars fan for not being able to go but if it's ever within your means as a star wars fan for anybody listening if it is ever within your means to go i one million percent recommend it I think you there's just a level of fulfillment you will get that you will not in most other places. Um for for Star Wars wise, Star Wars wise. All it's, right. It's so probably a, oh, go ahead. sorry. No, no, sorry. go for it. I was just going to say it's probably a good thing you weren't on on my last show with Kendall in, in the, for the Imperial broadcast cuz we spent oh. I spent a good maybe 10 minutes just venting about how I wish I could go <laughs> and how Disney or Lucasfilm needs to do this or that to make it, you know, just have multiple ones, just have one in here, one hand, one there. Like, why is it like, I can't, ah, I'm just so frustrated. I agree. I, I honestly, even, even if I say, even as I say all of this, I, I agree with you. I won. I, I completely agree with you. I think it's something like this should be more accessible, maybe a couple times a year, maybe have one in Europe, one in the States, one Western, one Eastern, right? So that more people can do stuff like this and yeah. can get to celebrate like this. And then especially like the exclusivity moment of it. Yeah. I will say, you know, beforehand, we talk about, you know, just show us the trailer. People are going to be... um you know, people are going to watch shaky recorded versions of it anyway. You might as well present it the way that you want people to see, get the first impression of your show or your movie. And I agree with that. And I still agree with that at a fundamental level. I will say, though, there is something very different about, like, being in a room full of all these fans and being one of the first people to see something. Oh. It is. There is there is something to be said about that, that I can't really, you know... It, it, that makes me feel like a hypocrite when I do say, oh, you know, when I, the, the sentiments I just made that I just uh, expressed, uh, it, there is, there is a, there's something to be said about that. But I do agree that I think there should be more of these. And I think they should, even if you don't want to announce, like make it a, a, a an avenue for which you do always do announcements, right? If you do more than one a year in different places, right. make them shorter things. Make them shorter, you know, two to three day instead of four day. Make them two to three days, and it's mostly about the fans and about celebrating yep. Star Wars and everything, and cosplay and just. I think it would be great as Star Wars fans um, to have that opportunity, especially for those who can't make it to certain places across the world or just, you know, timing and everything for for so many reasons. So many people can't make it. So uh, I definitely think it's, and I'm lucky enough. I'm just lucky enough. I know that I'm in a lucky position for in in so many different ways uh, to have been able to go this year. So 
I I definitely I definitely I do still agree with you. And if I was on that Imperial broadcast, I would still have agreed with you. Um uh for sure with you. Um so I I that was my section about Star Wars celebration in terms of the feeling of it. Um we got quite a bit to talk about. Oh yeah. Right? Like we 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 got more than I was expecting. Um, I went into this show thinking we were only going to hear about TV. Uh, I I was wrong, thankfully. And so I guess from the outset, the thing I want to talk about right now is we have Star Wars movies on the way. Yeah, we have we have official Star Wars movies. Um that are on the way and um wow it's kind of that that kind of sums up my reaction was wow i thought maybe we would get one maybe we'd get an announcement um but even then i was like i mean they don't really need to but i mean maybe we'll get one but no we got three (laughs) so boy yeah it's um and and they're very, they're all very interesting. I have a different reaction for each one, so it's very interesting to get into. I overall my my biggest my biggest takeaway from the fact that we have three movies is one. Yes, 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 yes. I love Star Wars on the small screen. I love Star Wars on TV, and for the most part, it's very successful, and they're very good. For the most part. Um, but there's nothing like going to the movies and seeing a new yeah, Star Wars no, movie, man. Nothing like it. There's nothing like it. It's an event every single time. It's like a it's like a it's like a core memory focal point of life going evident uh, event to go to a Star Wars film. And I I just I have missed that. I have missed that. Um for even as for even as much as we talk about we don't like the rise of skywalker i i i miss that feeling though of going to see a new of a new star wars movie i saw it three times in the theaters like it's still an event it still made money it still made a billion dollars and people still went out to see it it still felt like an event you know so i'm excited for this to happen so we have three new movies on the way and the they are being directed helming the movies are three directors that uh most people know of or um and one that i think maybe not everyone's heard of but should um so we have a movie from james mangold the director of logan and indiana jones and the dial of destiny we have dave filoni directing finally everyone is like yes finally all star wars fans usually i'm a little i'm a little uh you know my you know my thoughts on dave filoni's directing uh, from the Mandalorian episodes, I think he's improving, and I have to see Ahsoka, so we'll see. Um, but you know, Dave Filoni slander. I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, man, from a story perspective, this this man can do no wrong. I'm just saying, from a directing standpoint, ready for a full movie, we'll see. But I'm still excited by the movie itself. And then we, the last one coming from Academy Award and Emmy Award winning director Charmaine Obey-Chinoy, who most people may not know, but he is the director of Miss Marvel, 
and uh, I would say, which is what my second favorite of all the Disney Plus TV shows. Miss Marvel's, uh, right. Marvel's fantastic. Miss Marvel is Miss Marvel's really freaking good. Really yeah. good. It's full of life and humor and energy, and it's it's so well done. It's so well done, and cultural like reverence and just I I loved it. So, all right, let's let's go into these movies. I want to go into these movies because each of them were kind of told. Each of them are are very different from each other, and three, focus on three different eras. So the the craziest of the bunch. The riskiest of the bunch is, for the first time, Star Wars, for its, with its movies, taking a risk. And that is James Mangold's Dawn of the Jedi type movie. And that is apparently set 25,000 years prior to the Skywalker saga. And it's about the, wield, the first wielder of the Force. Um, mm -hmm. What are we expecting? Oh, man. Um, I'm expecting very good things. Um, I I know Mangle directed 4V Ferrari. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's very good. I oh have my god, it's, Logan. it's fantastic. And Logan is very good. Logan's one of the best superhero movies ever made. Absolutely. Um, so I have very high expectations um, for this movie. And the indie trailers look good, too. Um, for the new indie movie. Um, and I know he's directing that as well. So, so I'm, I have very high expectations. And of course, you know, I love the old Republic as a time period. I know this predates that, but even just, just the prior lore that was, and this ha doesn't have any, this doesn't have to connect at all with, with legends, honestly. And, this would be one instance in which I would completely disagree with all the pure EU purist folks that would just, you know, want to throw this in the trash because it's not following whatever legends had in place. Um, I want Mangle to do what he wants with this. Would no, I mean, he can read the old stuff, but, but by all means, just do what you want because this is just, it's such a, it's such a blank canvas and the way he's framing it as he wants it to be almost like a biblical epic um type of movie is just man i i can't um that i'm just like no just do it do it it sounds fantastic and and i feel like i feel like i'm i'm very confident we're getting jedi in this we're getting the origin of the whole mythos and i think we're going to get some dark jedi in this maybe the origin of the Dark Jedi, and this is that's what I'm expecting. And if you give me that, that's it. Just I'm good. And then everything else is the icing. And then I think there's going to be a lot of icing. I think this is going to be very good. I have very, very high. This is the one that I'm honestly most excited for. Um, I, three I would say I'm with, I'm right with you. I'm right with you there. This is the thing I'm most excited for of the three. I think it's it's new. And that's part of what's really exciting about it in terms of yeah. seeing completely new settings, seeing things um, differently. Like it has the chance to really set itself apart aesthetically from the rest of Star Wars. Feeling like Star Wars, but feeling, you know, 25,000 years, like there's so there's a very big difference in the galaxy. You 
don't know what they have and everything. And you you are more experienced with the old Republic era stuff. Um, but of what I've of what I've experienced in uh, the MMO, the Old Republic, um, I I love it, and I can't wait to see um, the galaxy from that lens of that time period. But also, yeah, like he's describing it as this biblical epic, and I think it will be epic. I think it's going to. I think we're going to see the dawn of the Jedi. Of course, I think we're going to see dark side users. I think we're going to kind of see that split happen, and maybe maybe it'd be like people and this this one group or these two people or something, and they kind of like kind of like um a brothers in arms type situation that kind of see the force separately in different ways, and one starts to go down the dark side, and it can be a very it can seem like a very um what's the word it might seem like a rote kind of setup, but I think it's going to be fantastic, and Mangold is a great director. Now, um, Logan is, like we said, best. I think one of the best comic book movies ever made. And yep. Ford vs. Ferrari is fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's pacing, it's structure, it's filming, it's directing, the camera work. All of it's so good. All of it's so good. Um, so I am... And like you said, yeah, the indie trailers look fantastic. They look fantastic. So I'm, I'm actually really, I'm, I'm really down for this one. Um, all right. The second movie, uh, Dave Filoni's, will be focus on the New Republic and close out the interconnected stories of Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and some other Disney Plus series, which I'm assuming they mean the Skeleton Crew, because that's as of right now, it's the only other one that would take place during that's taking place during that New Republic high time period. Um, mm -hmm. what are you thinking about this? Uh, I'm very excited for it. I, um, I have pretty high expectations for this as well. I've liked everything that Dave Filoni has made, um, in terms of, like you said, of course, in terms of storytelling, and I and I've I've liked everything that he's directed as well in terms of live action as well. So I, at this point, I'm just. I'm just completely open to what he wants to show. I mean, he has been, I feel like he's kind of been almost preparing for this moment um, for a very long time with him working under George for so long. And then now being here directing a Star Wars movie that's going to be fully in his vision with him being the director of this movie and also kind of the creative head of Lucasfilm. A lot of the stories that they're telling at Lucasfilm now just in general. Um, and, and, you know, it's really, um, you know, it's just a really, really exciting time for, I, I think for, for me, but also for anyone that's enjoyed any of the stuff that he's made. So I have, I'm very much looking forward to it. I have, this is another one I have pretty high expectations for. Um, and, um, yeah, I hope that um, this will be also kind of an interesting test because this will, of course, be very connected to everything that's been on Disney Plus. So we'll see how many um, how many people that either haven't seen this stuff on Disney Plus go anyway, or how many people start watching this stuff on Disney, or, or you know, or however that will work. Um, 
but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And also, I'm wondering if we if we will see um, if like Luke will make another appearance because then are we gonna get like a Master Jedi Master Luke Skywalker again in in the movies? You know, Ooh, like that. I, I know that of course is the Mandoverse, but I'm just that would just be exceptional just in itself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot. Um, and then of course, it, 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 I guess we're gonna get Ahsoka in, li- in the live action in the movies. There's just a lot of firsts that are gonna happen in this, so I'm very, very excited for it. I I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, it, mostly excitement, so for sure. Again, like taking any Star Wars movie that comes out, I take it. I love it all. I think I have. Nah, I'm not cautious, and I don't have any trepidation, I would say. But I would say that I think that it'll be very interesting testing ground for Filoni in a, in a few ways. For, like you said, first off, this will be the first time in Star Wars ever that you most likely will have need to see in the TV shows. It's similar to when Marvel started making like the movies and the TV shows important interconnected right like you go into doctor strange and uh, multiverse of madness not having watched wandavision you will be incredibly confused yep incredibly confused and And this will be even worse yes yes (laughs) yeah you're right about that this would be worse this would be multiple shows and multiple things happening and if you have no clue who these characters are or the things that he's culminating towards i just think so there's that aspect so how they're going to make sure that comes out from a timing perspective i'm also curious like when is this going to come out and how are they um like how are they planning to to kind of structure it in terms of they want to are they done Mandalorian season? Are we getting season four and Ahsoka season two before we get anything with this movie? Um, I, I just don't know. I, I'm curious about how it's being planned. If it is being planned, I, I, it gives me hope that there really is an end to all of this and that there is a plan. And if there is a plan, that, that's, that's what you and I talk about, right? Like making sure there's an end goal and making sure that it's been planned out and mapped out thoroughly. And if this is the culmination, and we know it's coming in like four years, and he has like, all right, we're going to do Mando season four, Ahsoka season two, and then we're going to build to this movie and give everyone multiple years to be able to watch all these shows. And then, oh, I just hit my microphone. Um, and then do all that, then, yeah, I, I'm excited by that possibility. Um, in terms of the, we, I mentioned it in terms of I don't love his directing style, or I, I also wonder if, and thinking back now, I'm trying to, you know, make sure that my Filoni love is incredibly high. I, I think that it might also be that I just don't like the volume and, mm, uh, yeah. and the stagecraft. And that's taking away, it's taking me out of it for a lot of things. So it will be interesting. I don't think, I would like to think that in the vein of most Star Wars movies, it will not be on the stagecraft. Um, but I'm worried it will be. Um, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping, like, I think the other two will not be on the stagecraft. But, and the volume. But I do, I do worry that his, because that's just how they've been filming everything, and that's what he's used to, that 
they would do it that way. Mm. And I really hope not. And that might be my real, my biggest problem, not with him as a director, but the stagecraft. Um, And I think that takes away from it. I think, I don't know if you're seeing it, but like, I think in certain areas, like you can just really start to tell that it's not like that the state, that it's stagecraft, that there's one area that's there. And then most of everything that you see beyond that is just not. And it's all generated. And yes, movies in general use so much CG. But the 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 cut between what is real and what's not is just really um glaring in my opinion right now. I can just tell. Like I can tell in so many shots where the actual set ends. And I don't think that's a good thing at all. Um so and so he's going to be given a lot of different... I, I would like him to... Because also to grow as a director, I think he should... They should, um, you know, shoot in real locations. on, on In real sets, on real locations. Um, similar... And if we're talking TV style, similar to how Andor was shot. Um, so there's a lot about this movie that I am excited for. I am excited for seeing where his whole new, new Republic story ends. Or where it goes and... and how they're going to set up or maybe what they'll lead into setting up for the, the, you know, the final sequel movies that we got. So I don't know, but I am excited for it regardless of how I feel about Dave Filoni. I am very excited for it. And I think it is a big step for him. Um, so now the last movie is one. I, I have seen a lot of comments online, a lot of stories online talking about like, it's a very safe choice. Um, and it's Lucasfilm not learning much about it, like sticking to, to stuff they already have versus doing new things. Fair. So this movie is actually what was apparently the Damon Lindelof film that was being written yeah. um, that Stephen Knight took over for. This movie is set 15 years after The Rise of Skywalker and centers around returning character Ray with returning actor Daisy Ridley um and is focused on her as she builds the new Jedi order and or as soiled on the sequel trilogy as I was by that last film this still makes me very very excited very excited because I love Daisy Ridley and I love Ray both of them I love both of them um and i i i well how are you feeling about this so so i have a lot of thoughts about this so um this is the one that i'm least excited for um i mean of course we've spoken about my problems with the rise of skywalker and with the sequel trilogy as a whole though of course i very much enjoyed the last jedi and the force awakens I, i i enjoy I can find enjoyment in really all... If it's Star Wars, I can enjoy it, right? Um, but I just thought the writing just wasn't consistent throughout. Some just just some choices with some of the characters that they made that I just didn't think were good or I thought could have been much better. Um, uh, and with Ray's character, thought there were some prime some choices made in terms of the character that I that I definitely also still thought could be better. Um so yeah, I I it 
I definitely wouldn't say I'm not looking forward to this. I definitely want to see it. It's definitely still going to see it the first day it comes out. But it's it is definitely the one that I am least excited for. Um, and I think it's the hardest one to do. Uh, like even I'm excited for um, um, Obey Chinoy's, uh to see her kind of Star Wars debut. But I don't think they gave her an easy assignment to kind of to try to to try to write the ship, so to speak, in terms of this next movie, which it is, they have called it episode 10, but it kind of is episode 10. That's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not mm-hmm. easy. Right. Sequel trilogy was very divisive for the fans, particularly the rise of Skywalker and to kind of, to try to continue from that um, with this time jump, which I also don't know how I feel about um, because 15 years afterwards and, you know, um, you know, Ray or Daisy Ridley, you know, doesn't look 15 years older, certainly. And um, I mean, they can kind of play with that a little bit, but um, but yeah, there's just a lot of there's a lot of hesitance with me for this um, for this film, and then also with the new Jedi Order. I kind of hope we don't go down the well of you know new school of Jedi, and then one of them turns bad, or you know one of them is bad, and then you know destroys the temple, and then kills everybody. I I, I kind of hope we don't go down that route again. Um, so I'm hoping that we get something new. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes. So I do have a theory. I have a theory. Is that, that I need your? Ooh. I need your take on this theory. Oh, okay. Give it to me. I haven't gone online. I'm sure people online have probably been saying the same thing. Um, but um, in going through um, Cataclysm, well, okay. First of all, I, actually, I won't even bring that up because I, I don't want to spoil Cataclysm for anyone. But just going through. Um, of course, we're watching The Mandalorian, going through the season of The Mandalorian. And I, I'm looking at Grogu, and I'm like, hmm. And I hear about this Ray movie, and I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. how old is Grogu? And I'm looking at the timeline, and I'm like, Grogu can show up in this movie. I think Grogu is to the point where I am certain that Grogu, I think he'll be in this movie. I'm, I've, I think it's a very high likelihood that Grogu will be in this movie. But if he's not in this movie... I'm certain that'll be in in whatever this next series of movies is following this, um, because the age lines up like perfectly. Apparently, Yoda was like a master at like age 100 or something like that, and Yaddle we know was a master at around 200 and and all that, and and the age lines up perfectly for Grogu to show up here. Walking, talking, doing whatever lightsaber things that that he would be able to do, and I think that will happen. Um, and I brought this up to Kendall as well, and he mentioned as well that this would be a good way to kind of for people that may not want to go because they didn't like had an issue with the sequel trilogy, they'll go for Grogu. I'd go to support Grogu a hundred thousand percent, and that would just bring more people in. So I think Grogu will be in this movie, but if he's not. I think he'll be in whatever the next movie is, but I think he will be a part of whatever this new Jedi situation is because it just it makes too much sense from a timeline perspective. One, one. So, are you thinking like prominent character or no? 
That's a good question. So define prominent. Um, uh, is that like... Like, do you think, do you think we get like... Because at that point... Okay, so Grogu's 50 at the start of Mandalorian. Mandalorian's, yeah. what, five, six years after Return of the Jedi, right? Let's say another... It's another 20 years, or it's another 25 years until the sequel trilogy. Yes. And then another 15 years after, 16 years after that. Um, so that's, what, another 40 years? So, yeah, he's between 90 and 100. Yep. At the time we get to this new movie, this episode, we'll, yes. well, this new Ray movie, we'll call it. Um, but you could call it episode 10 if you want. Um, this new Ray movie. That makes him definitely old enough to talk, Hope, dear God, hopefully. Um... I do. I'm just wondering, do we get is he's probably past a student. He's not going to. I. You know what it is? I don't know. When I say prominent, I meant like, do we think it's more of a cameo? Do we think we'll get to see him a little bit? But yeah, I would. Th- I would think more of a cameo for sure. More of a cameo. Oh, OK. That's then, yeah, I'm, more, or, or more than a cameo. Sorry, that's what I meant. More than. So you think it's more than a cameo? I think it's more than a cameo. Yeah, I, I think, think maybe it's, I think maybe. If I had to put money on it, one thousand percent. I not thousand percent. If I had to put money on it, very large chance that we see Grogu in any capacity, and it could be a cameo. And I think a range from a cameo to not this faint. I don't think the sole focus of it. Um, but I agree with that. Yeah. But I do think could be like a Jedi that, or well, not a Jedi, right? Because so I think it's going to depend also on where this Mandalorian stuff ends up. Yeah, it's true. I, I I don't we don't know. And I, you know what the I think the only reason they might all right, so I'm having like tens of like twenty thoughts are coming to my head at once and I need to slow down and organize. We don't know right now where the Mandalorian movie is gonna end up. And like where that where he's gonna end up with that, right? So right now, spoilers, I'm just saying this right now. Because it just happened, but I'm saying spoilers. Spoilers, 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 spoilers for the Mandalorian season finale. This is this has been your warning. Um, he's officially Din Jaren's apprentice. He's Din yeah. Grogu. He mm-hmm. is a Mandalorian. He, and he is walking the path, the way of the Mandalore, with Din Jaren. Um. Now, where is he going to end up? What's his trajectory? I don't know. This gives him more. This finally gives Grogu a little bit more to do than I, I thought he had anything to do this season, right? I thought this season they kept him around for literally for merchandise and fan love yeah. and not for um, not for any actual story reason. Now he has a little bit more of a story reason. I think that'll it'll be good to see him come into his own as a character, which I think he did in that last episode too, using the Force, using helping out Din, like can be actually useful beyond just being like cute little you know, a toddler. Yes. Um, the thing, the thing is, not do we not, we don't just, it's not that we just don't know where Grogu will end up in terms of Jedi and whatnot. We also, the end of the Mandalorian, if it's going to come through that Dave Filoni movie, is going to be after this Ray movie. And the Ray movie apparently is it seems to be that they're trying to go for that 2025 time slot. That's currently yeah, that, still. that's the only thing that I'm like wondering about because yeah, it's cause December 2025. Because yeah. I'm like, so if this Mandalorian movie is coming out like years from now, 
and this Ray movie is like kind of imminent, like we kind of know where Grogu ended up. So, exactly. As of right now, where Grogu ends up in literally two years' time is not Ray's Jedi Academy. Uh, or or if they want to show Grogu, it's going to then be like, all right, well, how did they get to that point? And they have to make sure that they show something at the end of the Mandalorian that gets to that point that he's going to be in the or be a character that shows up at Ray's Academy. Right. It's it, there's been a lot to explain there, a lot to explain They're Apparently, the the is going into this movie is going into production in February of 2024. Um, and that that. That means that, yeah, it is probably shooting for that 2025 release date that's on the release calendar right now uh, for that movie. And so that is the thing that gives me pause in terms of will you see Grogu outside more of a cameo, for sure. Um, like the time, you are correct 100%, the timing lines up completely. And so it would make sense, but I think there are just other logistical hoops to jump through that I'm not sure, that I'm really not sure. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I feel like there's just, I feel like that's, that's just such an easy way to get people into the theater and to just try to just break as many box office records as you, as, as they can, is if they were just like, Grogu's going to be, then everybody's going to (laughs) go, you know, Grogu and Ray. And it's like, oh, well, that's it here. Take my money, you know? 100%. 100%. It gets a lot of not, and it gets a lot of non-Star Wars fans' eyes on the project. Absolutely. Absolutely. It gets people that hated the sequel trilogy. It gets people that love the sequel trilogy. It gets everyone. Everyone goes to see it. It's true. Um, it's true. I, I... Yeah, but at the same time, I don't want them to make something to cater to just... Like, obviously, at the end of the yeah, day, yeah. their job is to make money. They, that's their goal, to make right. money and get people's butts in theaters. But I don't want that to be the driving force behind a story decision. No, I'm with you. I agree. Um, and I, I, I think it'd be, if you just include Grogu for a non-story decision for just that, like, you'll find some way to justify it, obviously, for the plot, but if you fundamentally do it just for the sake of getting people to see it i i don't i don't i won't i don't i don't think that's good i think it's a disservice to your movie and i think it's actually um i think it's worse for star wars fans i think it shows that like you care more about one thing rather than you know the other Uh, you're you're more focused on the money and the eyes versus the actual story and the things that you're building and this universe um so i in that that, and we already know that lindelof left for creative for some for we don't know what happened we don't know we don't know i find it very interesting that that lindelof was writing this movie too it's not something i would have expected actually um yeah it's interesting it's very interesting i'm very interested and this is the type of thing that also gives me hope for this movie um one i think they have the opportunity to do something very different i think they can really you're right. Uh, Obeyed Choi has like the very unenviable task of writing the sequel trilogy narrative and making it like something that ends up being positive in people's minds. That character's the odds of Poe and Finn showing up, right? 
like in all those characters and those plot points and making it and i think a lot of the uh making everything that happened palpatine and everything more palatable for people and i think a lot of the publishing materials actually made that for me at least much more palatable um because we're in in all the cloning that's happening in mando all the things that they're hinting at all of the um all of the stuff shadow of the sith all of the other books that have been released in between like in the new republic era and it it's starting to help um me make those decisions like obviously they're having to retroactively make them seem like real decisions and good decisions and so it doesn't really excuse the fact that they randomly threw all this stuff in for one movie um and then had to change everything to fit that but um i do think that it's it's getting more palatable so now she has the the unenviable task of also making it right in everyone else's eyes uh on a much wider scale and I just that's that's a tough decision, but the uh, a tough thing to do, not a decision, tough thing to do. But I do think that I have hope in that respect. But I do think it's going to have a very different feel. The fact that you had Lindelof writing it, who is not known for writing standard cookie cutter shows or movies. I mean, the man wrote, the man did Lost. Uh, he did Watchmen, which is a near masterpiece, the HBO series. Yep. Um, he did um, The Leftovers, another HBO masterpiece. I didn't get to see it. Less seen it than Watchmen, but again, anyone who has seen it thinks it's one of the best shows made. Um, and then his new show um, for... Is it for Peacock? I forgot what it was. Mrs. Davis, I believe. Mrs. Davis is apparently, like again, very different type of show. But again, critically cr- praised, and but a very different type of you know setup and everything and execution. And then even Stephen Knight also. Very different. Stephen Knight, if I'm correct, wrote Taboo. I'm trying to remember everything else Stephen Knight has done. Um, but all of these char- all of these things these people are the these writers that they've come in to, to write. Like, oh yeah, he's the he's the force behind Peaky Blinders. Ah uh, yes. Peaky Blinders, yep. Taboo. Right. The things that he's written, not everything, but the things that he's written are Spencer. Uh, I don't know if he wrote it, but like he was involved in um, it, all of these things are they're like critically appraised. So he's a critically appraised writer. Like he's he's done fantastic things, but the things he write again are not small things that you would think maybe are Star Wars feel. They're not Star Wars feel whatsoever, right. and so that actually gives me hope that this movie, although it's kind of like playing to something we've seen before actually could end up feeling very different. And that is the best thing for Star Wars. If you're going to dive back into that timeline, into this Skywalker, like we're not calling the Skywalker saga anymore, but if you're going to dive back into that timeline, then you want, I, I want it to feel different. I need it to feel different. And obviously I'll take anything Star Wars. We both will. But I, I need it to feel different, and I think the eyes of Star Wars fans and other fans around the world, you, they need it to feel different. Um, so I think I think there's a good chance it will, though. I think there's a good chance that it will. Um, all right, so those are the movies. That was, like, the big, big news. And honestly, I'm just excited that we have Star Wars movies coming again. And one last thing I wanted to say about this. 
all these movies like definitely happening. Uh, which is obviously over the years we've had the D.B. Weiss, David Benioff movies, canned the co- the creators of uh, the showrunners of the Game of Thrones series, canned. Rogue Squadron, Patty Jenkins, gone. The Kevin Feige Star Wars movie, gone. Brian Johnson's trilogy, uh, forever in development because he's just incredibly busy. So who knows? We might get it in fifteen years. Um, mm-hmm. What like just Star Wars movies have a horrible track record over the last four years, losing creators left and right. Yeah, and then these just, movies chaos on sets on top. Yeah, of it. and on sets, and it's just not working. These films are, I would say, ninety nine percent all of them happen. And one, uh, mostly that's because I think all of these creators are already in the Disney family. Every single one of them. James Mangold is literally releasing the next Lucasfilm movie, and that is Indiana Jones. Uh, Dave Filoni is, the movie's definitely happening. It's Dave Filoni. Like, Star Wars is, Star Dave Filoni is Star Wars, Star Wars is Dave Filoni. And Charmaine Obey Choi, Miss Marvel, in the Disney family. All of these creators are not creators that they're like, oh, this person would be good, this person would be good, this person would be good, we like what they've done, let's try to do it, and then it doesn't work out. These are all creators that have something, and what they're doing is something that is, you know, they're all within the Disney family, and it's something that is, we knew was going to come at some point already. The only one we didn't would be um, James Mangold's, but again, in the Disney family, and used to the big, used to big universes also, Indiana Jones. The X-Men. He's used to big universes and he can handle Star Wars. So, that, I I think, it's a success not just because they announced three movies, but because they announced three movies that are actually going to happen. And we haven't been able to say that for years. For years. Uh, so, I'm incredibly excited by that. You know what else I'm incredibly excited for? That I wasn't excited for beforehand? Can you take a guess? Wasn't as excited about? What? Girls and Girls? Well, no, I mean, I, I still don't think we know enough about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you just, uh, they had the cast members came out, they talked about it, they talked about what it's going to feel like, what it's going to be, they showed a small teaser in room that we didn't get to see. I still mm. don't think we know enough about it. So, uh, that's one thing we could have talked about, but I just don't think there's much to talk about there, unless there is something you wanted to talk about. No, there's not much to talk about there. Yeah. Before. Unfortunately, there's not. I think uh, it's still... Are we getting it this year? Are we supposed to get it this year still? I, I, I don't know. I have no clue. Well, I didn't think so. But Either I, way, if it's not Skeleton Crew I'm most excited for, what else do you think down the pipeline, the next show we're going to get I'm most excited for? Oh, Ahsoka. Oh, my God. What a trailer. Holy crap. Oh, man. I have so many questions. I have so many questions and so... Oh, my God. I was not... I I gotta tell you, I was very upfront with you. I was not that excited about the Ahsoka series. I mean, I wanted to see what happened. I'm I'm interested in seeing the Rebel story continued. But I didn't know how the Rebels would translate from animation to live action. Like, are they going to do it all justice? How is it going to look? Is it going to feel good? Blah, blah, blah. What we've seen in this trailer is that 100%. It, uh, the look and feel of every one of those actors that they got for the Rebels crew, everything they're looking at, the fact that Lars Mikkelsen is coming back, the voice of Thrawn will be playing Thrawn. 
I, I'm all the world between worlds is featured heavily. Um, who are these two random dark side users with orange lightsabers? Yeah, um, that's, that's oof. What? What? Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera. Um, uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo as as looks fantastic as Sabine. Um, yes, absolutely amazing. And talk about the the hair color really impressed me actually. Yeah, like, honestly, like, that's like a that's like a perfect casting. It's oh yeah, no surprise. Perfect casting. Ahsoka looks great. Rosario Dawson has been doing great. So looks fantastic again. There's so much to this. There's so much to this trailer. It's like it almost deserves its own mini uh, podcast episode just to dissect that trailer. Like I wish we could like if we were visual, I wish we could play it right now to watch and then talk about and like pause at each point like like the rewind theaters that IGN used to do. Yeah. Or maybe they still do where they just kind of pause at each point and like we would just dissect it and be like, oh my god, this and this and this and what is this and where is this leading to? Um, I'm on board. I'm on so board. I think it's the think perfect that, teaser yeah. trailer. Yeah, I thought it was really good too. I thought it was a great teaser. Do you think that that was the world between worlds that we saw in with one of the dark side users? The, the older, older yeah. man. Was that the world between worlds? I think so. I it think so. Like it. it had all the concentric circles and all it of did. the um the the writing and everything. It it looked exactly like the I think it is. 100%. Which makes it. All right, which If you yeah. really really what if? Can you are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, yes, I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to throw out a couple I'm going to throw out a couple instances here. Oh, well. Let's say the world between worlds is a really strong plot point, right? Mm. It's not out of anywhere, but a really strong plot point. Now, what if those two Jedi, I mean, those two dark side users are from, I don't know, the old Republic era. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. What if Thrawn utilizes the world between worlds and ends up being the future threat for Rey? Whoa. I'm just saying. That would be, that would be. um... I'm just saying. Listen to me. Thrawn deserves to be more than a TV villain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thrawn deserves to be more than just a TV villain. He deserved more than the Rebels series. It was great. Obviously, before this, all he had was books, the Heir to the Empires uh, series. But I I think, I'm not saying this is all going to happen. It's just some thoughts I have there. But if you want, and, and he could do it in a way that... Or it isn't like a main empire type of threat, but something else. Who knows where this series is going to go with the character? But I don't know. Can you imagine having that presence on like a large? Like, how crazy would you go for if you saw him in a movie in like in the theaters, and you saw? Oh, that would be incredible. And uh, it might be what, and it might be what Filoni's building with for his yeah. own movie. So maybe that's what we're going to get. Like, and they talk about the heir to the empire. She says as an heir to the empire. I don't know if that's just a cheeky line in terms of like. Easter egg thing, or if like that's what they plan on adapting, and that's what Filoni's movie is—an heir to the Empire movie. Um, which, right again, Filon, which they'd have to change obviously a little bit because just the direction that the sequel trilogy took. But I don't know. But I, I think using the world between worlds and bringing it to live action, like if it had stayed in just Rebels, we'd it would never be a real plot point, right? Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't use it in the movies to bring it to Ahsoka. 
which is going to get so many millions upon millions upon millions of viewers each week. Um, to use that as a real, real focal point for storytelling and for the plot. Um, I really think sky's the limit, man. And we can start using, they can use that for a lot of different things. Because essentially, like, I don't know how they're going to explain it, but it's like, it's like time travel a little bit. You're plucking from time. Maybe it isn't exactly time travel, but it's like it. Um, that's how, you know, Ezra is able to get Ahsoka. And I, it's less like time travel. It's more like being able to observe all of time and go into different, to see different points in time and different, different things. It's less like, you know, setting a clock and being in the right. DeLorean and, you know, going forward to, or going to spot or even like in uh, infinity uh, in Endgame. Right. But it is still a little bit like time travel. And that opens up a ton of possibilities, old Republic possibilities. It gives you the ability or to see into other eras that have already been explored in prequel, sequel, um, original eras. And then, yeah, the future, man. The future, even if it's not Thrawn, it's something that they could do and they could set up for future use in different movies. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, yeah, that's that's a crazy thing. I didn't even think about that. I did not. You're welcome. I've opened your I've opened your mind. You're welcome. <laughs> I, was, right. I was just thinking maybe they're they were trying to build Thrawn to be like a Thanos like type through all these shows, maybe he'd show up in Ahsoka, maybe he'll show up in... I thought he might show up, spoiler, 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 spoiler for the Mandalorian finale. I thought he might show up in the Mandalorian finale. And he oh, didn't. No, uh, in that Mando, in that in Mando, I, I was hoping to get more than just the name drop we got in the seventh episode, but that's what we got. Yeah, yeah, that's what we got. So I was like, okay. Um, but, but yeah, that's what, but yeah, that, that would be even crazier if he was traveling through time wow i i just think that it's it's the type of thing that somebody like thrawn would learn to utilize you're right that's true he'd find some way uh, to utilize it like how does he first get access i don't know there could be a lot of things but we know this per this man studies like every religion and culture thrawn is is obsessed with his enemies and the jedi have been his enemies and uh, learning everything he can about about different cultures and religions and races and and people and fully exploring that it would make sense that he finds a way to. And what has he been doing out in the in the unknown regions? Right. What what exactly has he been doing yeah. now? You could play it the safe card. Right. And tie it all into the original trilogy and say in the into the sequel trilogy and say, oh, he's just been. He's been. um Helping Palpatine set things up, right? And getting all of that ready. And, and it, make, it, <laughs> it makes sense from a story perspective, right? If you're trying to tie everything in together. But I really hope it's more than that. I really, really hope it's more than that. Because that's a disservice to the character. Yeah. It really is. Because, unfortunately... The only use of Thrawn so far in canon, like I haven't read Heir to the Empire, but Heir to the Empire is like, he's the big bad. He's the villain, right? Am I correct? 100%. Yeah, he's the villain. 
he's he's the big bad he's the big giant force that our original trilogy heroes are fighting against it's he's an heir to the empire he's not the empire he's an heir to the empire and so in in every instance we've seen him now it's under the empire's thumb right all of the books all of the all of his appearance in rebels it's all under palpatine and so there's just limited room for him to to grow and to do his own thing and i want him to let me see the chiss like i don't know where they end up but the chiss ascendancy still exists am i correct at this time yeah yeah the ascendancy still exists yeah okay not to like spoil the books or whatever but but yeah it exists (laughs) okay so then to see all of that right like to see any of that let let Thrawn become a villain in his own right and not just still another character under Palpatine. Because I think it's a disservice to the character. Simple. And it, it, speaking of the ascendancy, and I agree with you completely. Um, speaking of the ascendancy, I was wondering if another character from the books, um, Eli Vanto, who he... Um, and and you, you got through at least one of the stories, right? One of the Thrawn... I've read Thrawn, the the, no, the graphic novel adaptation of yeah. the first novel. Yes, I'm wondering if Eli Vanto, because he's still around. Um, oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, yeah. So, I mean, he could show up. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I won't, I, I guess, spoil whatever happens to him, but he he's not dead. So, I'm kind of wondering if he shows up. If not in, if not in this, then in anything. Um... So, um, so yeah, that's kind of a, a an unknown that could still happen. I don't know how much influence Timothy Timothy Zahn would have. You know, I know he was a a pretty integral character in his books. So, um, him and other characters that were in the Chiss Ascendancy, yeah, that are still around, that could show up. I don't know. I mean, with Thrawn being such a big character, the Chiss Ascendancy is kind of you know, like, are they going to show up? I mean, they could. Could the Chiss become a threat to a future threat that to explore in uh, the show, uh, in any of the movies, or in this universe at all? Do you think? I think that would be really cool. Honestly, I, I really do. And I'm biased, of course. I like the I like the the Thrawn novels. Uh, some more than others, and I thought the Chiss, the Chiss, the trilogy about the Chiss ascendancy was fantastic as well, especially the last one. Um, so I, I would be, I would be overjoyed if the Chiss ascendancy showed up. I, I um, just think, and I know nothing about it, right? Because I didn't read those novels at all. Not the original Thrawn novels, not the Heir to the Empire, not the original Thrawn. It's like, ironically, um, I have a friend who is you know is getting ready for ahsoka and is like asked me all about the throne stuff and i was like i i'm actually i know most everything i would say i know like 90 percent of everything about star wars yeah uh throne is the one of the things i'm least educated about because i've read none of the novels and so was, i was like damn like this is the one thing i can't help you with i was the le- i was the worst person to come to don't know about any other question i i we could talk so i could talk until the the cows come home uh no, that was like the one thing. I was like, God damn, I'm so sorry. It's like you're the Star Wars expert. I'm gonna ask you these questions. I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. 
What what do I need to know about Thrawn? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I had someone ask me that uh, at at one of this was a few years ago. Was that at an old job? Someone asked me that, and I was like, "Oh, I was like rubbing my." You were like, "You were like rubbing your hands, crack the knuckles." All right, let 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 me tell you a story. Take a seat. (laughs) No, yeah, we had a complete opposite. Uh, We we had a very different different story there. Um, But I think that if they're still around, um, and it's something it would be very different from anything we've seen before in star wars like live action it would be it would be very different very focused on just uh naval space combat um which isn't a bad thing i don't think it's a bad thing well hey listen man if the sequel trilogy lacked anything it was actual space combat Yes, I agreed. Yeah, there was one. There was one space battle, and that was the bomber battle at the beginning of the Last Jedi. Yeah, I was gonna say, is is that the Holdo maneuver? Is that when? No, that no, at the the very very beginning, like when they're oh. fleeing their their base, they have a short little skirmish, and it, the bombers oh. are trying to um. To oh drop yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. That's yeah. the only time, and it's a short one. It's not. A, even, I didn't even say it was the, a full battle. But it was the only space battle in the entire sequel trilogy. And of course it yeah. came from Ryan Johnson's movie. Sorry, just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. The man knows Star Wars. Um, but neither of Ryan Johnson's... I, I mean, neither of J.J. Uh, Abrams' movies had any space battles. I don't know what's going on. He. It almost feels like he like avoided them and didn't want to do a space battle. Like He just... I don't know. It makes no sense to me. The man did Star Trek. I'm very confused. Very, very confused. Um, but hey, maybe that's just he didn't want to do it. But how could you be Star Wars and not have like space battles? Like, there's yeah, literally I, I, a space I, I, battle in every single Star Wars film, except like I, if you if you discount Solo, like outside of the sequel trilogy. I mean, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, obviously. Yep. Empire Strikes Back. I just actually don't know if there's one in Empire Strikes Back. But there's definitely in Return of the Jedi. So, like, almost every Star Wars film has a space battle. And then the sequel trilogy just left them out. Just It doesn't sit right with me. But, hey, the uh, naval naval space battles would be fantastic. I think it's a, a welcome thing. People love the space battle. Look at how many people love the Rogue One space battle. Oh, I it's, love fanta- it. it's fantastic. I mean, outside of the rest of the movie, the actual battle is fantastic. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, I don't know. I think I think that's just something to think about. So, I, I have a question. Like, we can. I don't know how much more we have to say about Ahsoka itself because I think we can go and talk about a ton of things. Like, we saw Ezra in the, um, the Hollow recording, um, and now I, I know that if you're like me, we don't need a real trailer, but you know we're going to get one, um, because this was just it's called the teaser trailer. So we're obviously going to get the full trailer before August. And there's still quite some time till August. May, June, July. Actually, there really isn't. We have four months left. Um, but you know we're going to get a full trailer. So I'm interested to see more of what the direction of the show is going to be. Like, are they still fully searching for it? It looks like it's less that, from the teaser trailer, it's less that they're still searching for Ezra. Um, and more that she's sensing this growing threat in the form of Thrawn. Um, and that that's what it's really going to be about. 
like stopping this growing threat and figuring out where he is and maybe going on the hunt for him um, more so than it is about getting Ezra back. Um, uh, so mm-hmm. do you think Filoni's movie will be an heir to the Empire movie? I feel, I think his movie, I think Thrawn will be the villain of his movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's essentially what I'm asking. Because I know they're not going to do an heir to the Empire, like, for real, for real. They can't. Okay. They're actually just unable to now because of how the sequel trilogy panned out. Um, but, yeah, it kind of makes sense to me that Thrawn would be the main villain for his movie kind of bring all these elements together into a galaxy-wide conflict, a big conflict, right? I would say you could make it that Dave Filoni is directing a movie about the biggest conflict of the New Republic era before the First Order. And it makes sense that there would be in, you know, 30 years, that there would be some kind of conflict, and that the remnants of the Empire would, you know, culminate in someone like Thrawn trying to, you know, retake the galaxy. I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's possible, man. I think yeah, it's possible. No, I, I think it's very possible. Um, it, it, I, I would, if I had to put money down, I would definitely put money down that Thrawn would be the villain of that movie. I yeah, yeah, put money on it. Um, is there anything else about the Ahsoka trailer you wanted to talk about? Um, not. Particularly, there's also a shot of Ahsoka fighting someone that looks like an Inquisitor. I don't know exactly who that was. Is Barrett Offie dead in canon? Have we seen Barris Offie die? Uh, no, we didn't see her die. We don't know what okay. happened to her. Uh, Barrett, do we do do we think Barris shows up? Hmm. Who's the who's the Inquisitor looking person that she's fighting? Just, huh? Who 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 was the Inquisitor person that she's fighting? Yeah, yeah, that's a question. I I I I'm just saying, there's no way Filoni has not been keeping her in his back pocket, waiting for the right moment to bring her to life, and there's no way he's not going to do it in a in Ahsoka series. For someone who was so, for a character that was so influential for Ahsoka's decisions, like in trajectory with everything that happened in the Clone Wars, and we've never seen her actually die, not not in books, not in comics, not in any of the shows since, and hasn't been mentioned at all. You know that he has to be thinking about it. You know that he has to be thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like I've just been we I've just been burned on the is this Barris Ophi question Fair enough. so much. Um, yeah, I've just been burned on it so much, you know that I'm just I'm kind of like I feel like I ask that question whenever there's anyone with a lightsaber that is that that I don't know who it is. <laughs> that's that's evil. And no, it's fair. It's fair. No, it's fair. I I just think uh I don't know even I don't I don't even necessarily care as much let me say that okay. um I don't I don't care that much because Barris as a character is fine whatever I just think that like there are so many people asking um and that 
you would have to think that he's going to plan. He plans to at some point. It's his character, right? It was his creation. It, well, him and George at that point, still. So, yeah. like, it. You know that that just like Ahsoka, this is his. This is his baby. All of that. All of the Clone Wars. Those characters. His baby. So, I don't know. I just think at some point, yeah. I think at some point, yeah. And if you're going to do it, why not do it in the Ahsoka series proper? I agree with um, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That is the Ahsoka trailer, which we're both very excited for. Um, now, we have... This is... This is... This is... This is uh, uh, turned into a pretty long episode, our longest episode in a while. Is there anything else from Celebration that you are... Well, that was like the big stuff. They talked about Skeleton Crew, of course. They talked about Acolyte, and which we touched on when I talked about the panel also. And we talked about... So, I, I don't think we need to... Unless you, unless there's anything else about Acolyte you want to talk about. No, no. You covered everything. Yeah, we, we talked about that when I, when I talked about the panel. Um... So that is that is I would say most of the big news that came out, and that all came out like the first, um, uh, the first day. Honestly, I was just I was at home, and all of a sudden I go, "Holy crap!" And I see all the news come out, and I'm like, "Damn, they really just released all this information within the first hour of celebration." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" Um, that I mean that that big showcase had quite a few things. Obviously, they they talked about the, um. They talked about the movies. They talked about that. They talked about Andor Season 2. They showed a short teaser. Um, and But again, not much to talk about there because we didn't get to see that teaser, I think. So there's less for us to talk about. Um, but they showed Season 2. Um, uh, right now, did you know actually Andor had to shut down because they, uh, they were shooting in London in it, or in England and apparently... Due to like some weather, they actually had to shut down or something. That was yeah, that just happened today or yesterday. Um, we learned there's a Wookiee Jedi Master in the Acolyte, um, played by uh, Jonas Swatama, who plays Chewbacca after Peter Ooh. Mayhew. Yes. Yes. Um, so that will be uh, that's that's exciting. Uh, that's that's very exciting. Um, we learned more about Acolyte. Um, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filona and Rick Bamuyiwa, uh, who has become an executive producer and now like one of the biggest voices in The Mandalorian, who also just did the final two episodes, which I would say are the best episodes of the whole season. Can we agree on that one? Do we agree oh, on yeah. this? Absolutely. Yeah? yeah? Okay. Oh, thank God. This was not the moment we disagree. I thought we technically had it last time, so we had our moment, but we haven't still had. We still haven't had a super disagree moment, you know, where we've just both totally been on yeah, opposite sides or something. Not at each other's throats. <laughs> no, we not 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 yet. Um, John Favreau discussed um, Keller and Beck, uh, Ahmed's best returns as Gel- uh, Keller and Beck. Mm. Um, they talked about a skeleton crew again. We didn't see much though. Um, we just got a, we didn't get even get a teaser, only the in-room did. Um, that was apparently, uh, a group of children going off in space, and they go, do you, don't you ever want to do anything exciting, one asks, and while the adults are desperate for them to return home safely, near the end they encounter Jude Law's character, who draws something to his hand with the Force, and someone goes, you're a Jedi? So, that'll be interesting. Um, but again, 
we just don't know get enough. Uh, we didn't get enough about it. Um, you know that that's most of the big stuff from Star Wars Celebration. Am I leaving anything out? Because I know there's High Republic stuff that we can talk about, but I feel like maybe we save that for another day, as we do a a look ahead later at some point in a few in after Path of Vengeance. We can kind of refer back to Celebration for High Republic. But go ahead. I agree with that. Um. So we did get two other things as well. So there's, of course, a Visions panel. Oh, crap. Exactly. Hello. Um, and We're there was both... the Tale of the Jedi announcement as well. Yes, you're correct. Thank you. This is the co-pilot. This is why, this is why we do this show together. This is, see, I rely yep. on you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, yes. So uh, let's start with the one that didn't have a trailer or anything. We got a, a season two... Um, confirmation for Tales of the Jedi, uh, which for for me very exciting. I actually think that the Tales of the Jedi series, those shorts, um, the fifty like fifteen minutes each, um, taken as a whole, were some of the most cinematic animated Star Wars we've ever seen. Um, nice. like at stunning music wise, look wise, like they really poured everything that they could. Um, into those shorts, and they're fantastic. The Kantuku shorts and the Ahsoka shorts. Um, now, if I'm correct, they didn't announce who we would be, they would be focusing on this season, right? No, they did not. Yep. All right. Yeah, I was able to watch. I watched that panel, and they didn't announce that. So I wish they had. I wish they had because, ooh, like I, I think Ahsoka, it works. Lowe's Origins, the as a youngling, and then seeing as and there are certain gaps to fill in. Dooku, especially before Phantom Menace, tons of gaps to fill, like everything. And I think I like the Dooku ones the best. They're fan, they're fantastic. Um, so my 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 question is who who do you, who does it focus on? I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I really this- have no idea. There's so many possibilities because it doesn't even, of course, there's the other, I guess, just other Jedi. I mean, I, I remember I was talking about this with Kendall as well. I mean, there's Kit Fisto, which we don't really know much about him. There's Mace, who we saw a little bit of already in, in Tales of the Jedi. But even outside of that, you can play with different time periods. What if it's a High Republic Jedi? Can we get a high, any High Republic stories, maybe? Or, or Old Republic? So. The only thing that like gives me pause there is that I think they're gonna want to still stick to popular characters. Uh, just they want to get again for something that's animated, and obviously animated already has a big following between Bad Batch and Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, which, by the way, I am very close to being done with Bad Batch season two. Finally, I have two episodes left, so we definitely talk about we. You and I will talk at some point about that. Um, but. I think they're still going to want to focus on popular established characters. And I think you are correct. I think one of the characters that's popular that we actually know nothing about is Mace Windu. Yeah. Like, we actually already knew more about Count Dooku because of Jedi Lost. Yes. uh, Than we have ever gotten anything about Mace. Ever. We've gotten nothing about Mace. No... There's no canon material about Mace. Um, yep, nothing. Yeah, no books. Literally, 
<laughs> no com. There's one comic series. There's like a comic, yeah. The, There's yeah, one they're... comic series that takes place during the Clone Wars, though. And I, I didn't read that. Did you read that? I actually didn't. I don't. I don't believe I. Nobody what, saw. Is it. it like an issue? Is it like from the? No, is it from the one just... where they had the, the the like the the tales of a? I don't know. Whatever that that. Yeah, was. I don't. I don't think so. I think it was an actual. Yeah, it was a 2017. It was a 2017 five issue miniseries. Okay, no, that, I didn't have to read that. I, I that, do have to. Up that takes place yeah now i'm gonna read it now for the sake of if they're definitely gonna do um oh man it doesn't uh, yeah i think that i so basically we've really gotten nothing on mace window ever so it makes sense to me that they'll actually make that one of the characters um but who's the other one i think they want to stick to someone established because they want as many eyes to see it as possible you know when you chose dooku and chose ahsoka you chose two of the most popular characters in star wars Definitely with Ahsoka. So, you know, you choose Mace Windu, you have one of the most automatic. You know what would be crazy? Get Sam Jackson back to voice him. Just saying. Ah, yes. Tell me how crazy that would be. Oh, yeah, that, that would be that would be something. That would be nuts. It would be <laughs> nuts. You know he'd be... I feel like he'd be down to it, too. I feel like, obviously, he'd want to do live action more. But um, I feel like he would be down for it, too. Not that the voice actor for him... Hasn't been good. He did a great job. But I just I think for Tales of the Jedi small miniseries, yeah. Bring him back, you will drive absolutely everyone crazy. Uh so that's my pick. They're definitely doing Mace Windu. I'm saying it. I'm calling it now. I'm wrong, but I'm calling it. Um and then you're right, the other thing we're getting. Visions Visions Volume 2. Um I love that trailer. Uh that was fan. I, I, there's almost so much to talk about with visions, but also nothing right now we could talk about because it's so many disparate stories we know nothing about yet. Yeah. And so, like last time, we'll break down our favorites of them and go through them and everything once they come out. Uh, and they're coming out yeah, soon, a in weeks. less than a month, in a couple of weeks, yeah, on May the 4th. So, We'll definitely, in a few weeks, we have a lot to talk about. We will hopefully talk about Cataclysm over the next few weeks, and then we'll definitely talk about Visions Volume 2, because um, you and I will obviously just binge that the day that comes out. Um, and we'll talk about our favorites. So there's not much to talk about, but are, are you excited? Oh, I can't wait. The trailer looks fantastic. Um, still, you know, still a little disappointed, I guess, that non-canon, you know. Um, but we're excited nonetheless. I enjoyed the last set, the last uh, visions, um, volume. I, I I guess that that we got. I I thought it was great. I enjoyed greatly enjoyed most of the shorts. Um, I found at least some enjoyment out of all of them, even the ones that weren't my favorites. So, and this looks this looks just on par so many different types of animation and and again these are stories from across the globe and that's that's you know i think just showing the the just the reach that star wars has in terms of being able to connect with audiences i mean it's i think it's just fantastic so i can't i can't wait to see it a lot of them look fun a lot of them look in, in look just interesting and the animation is just incredible that yeah 
just animation as a medium. It just makes you just appreciate it so much. So I, I can't wait for it. I, it was uh, it was one of the biggest things that I think Visions did so well was uh, catering to it, not just a different audience, but also showing love for animation and the respect that animation deserves from all over the globe, um, from so many different studios like that should that rightfully deserve love. And I can't wait for Volume Two. The shorts, the shorts actually look, I would say. Because there were a couple of shorts and visions that just I wasn't really into at all. Um, that and first couple that were just they were novelty, but they were kind of just not. I just didn't really love them. But I will say that almost all these shorts look like I'm something that I'm going to dig in one way or another. Um, and I'm really, really excited for them. And I think it, like you said, it just gives breathes life into that conversation that animation really is just. It is just as worthy as anything else. Um, and Star Wars has been proving that forever with Clone Wars Rebels and Bad Batch and every other animated project that they've done. But it just, just further proves that. Um, ending out the show is there is one more thing that was announced um, or that was talked about. And that is that we are getting a season three of Bad Batch next yes. year. And it will be the final season. Yep. It will be the final season. How do you feel about that? Um, I I feel I feel content with that. Uh, I think it. You know, this is a story that I wouldn't foresee going as long as say Clone Wars. Um, because I mean, this is just. This is just isn't that that just that breadth of a story. This this isn't this is a very contained story. So I wouldn't expect this to just go that long. Um, but I feel I feel pretty content with that. Um, I don't want to speak too much on it because I know you haven't finished. <laughs> you haven't. Yeah, finished well, so almost there. I'll be done by the next time we talk. I promise. Okay, and and there are big. I'm not going to say anything, but. There's a lot that you have to see in those last two episodes. Um, mm. so please try to avoid spoilers. That's actually a big. Please try to avoid spoilers because there you will you can get spoiled. I promise. I'll try. I'll try. Um, so I, I can't really say too much on it, but I am very excited for this next season. There is a lot to look forward to, um, and we will um, we'll just have to see. Um, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. Wait, did, you did see the episode with Mayday, right? In the yeah. Oh, what did you think of that episode? Are we talking? Um, oh, when Crosshair. Yeah. Um. Probably. Oh my, what a oh, one of the best episodes of the season of the yeah. season of the series, actually. One hundred percent. Yeah. Of the series. Oh, absolutely. I loved Crosshair's development through it. The quiet talk. I loved Mayday. I love everything that he represented. I, I, it was fantastic. I loved that episode, one hundred percent. Yeah, oh, I loved that episode. Oh, that very so definitely, good. just top shelf Star Wars. Um, oh yeah. And yeah, so I mean, I mean, I'm gonna miss those moments, but I, I'm looking forward to the next season. So, I'm, I'm with you. I'm content. I think I, I've, we've talked about this with Andor. When something has like, it's purposeful storytelling. You know what you're building toward. 
and it's a self-contained story. Filoni knew exactly what story he was trying to tell with the clones, I think, here, following the, you know, the rise of the Empire. And it is a, it's a three-season story, and that's it. That's it. And I think that's very good. Don't, don't go on too long. Don't give us too much, you know. You know, like, my least favorite, and it's decreased with each season. Like, there was more of this in the first season, less of it in the second. Is those episodes that really just don't tie into that overall, na- overall you know, like the one-off missions. That, unfortunately, I just, I just don't care as much about. I don't. But when you tied it into the overall Star Wars galaxy and the Empire and all of that, and it got political, it was fantastic. And I think that was the ultimate goal with the series, actually. Um, and it, I, I think that them having an end goal and this being the end of the series is a very good thing. I think it's a very good thing. So, like you, I am very content. Very content. Um, all right. If... Uh, have I missed anything else? No, no. I, that's, I think that pretty much covers it. This has been a very wonderful and very in-depth. We went we, but two hours long uh, today, uh, this episode, almost. Uh, oh. But this has been our celebration recap. Um, and, well, the first 20 minutes is my celebration like rant and how much I loved it and, and just me being giddy about it but this has been our celebration recap we i say we say this every single week that we're on this on on the show there is so much star wars and celebration is just like a reminder of that and obviously we get so much news from celebration and we're a broken record at this point but really is a good time to be a star wars fan we're eating we're eating we we get we get so much content and we're getting more contents. We have so Mandalorian season three just ended. Next week we'll be doing a show on that and we will be reviewing that and discussing that. And we definitely both have a ton of thoughts. Uh, so that will be a fun one. Uh, the week after that we have Vision season two, uh, volume two releasing. So we're gonna have you talking about that. Uh, we'll both have finished Cataclysm over the next couple weeks. We'll have an episode of that coming soon. And then we also, Path of Vengeance comes out next month in just a few short weeks also. Uh, And the comic series will also be coming to an end. So we'll have a phase two wrap up at some point over the next month, month and a half. Um, And of course, I'm sure there will be more for us to talk about. Another trailer in a couple months for Ahsoka. Uh, So we've got a ton that we'll be talking about. We'll be back here. We'll be talking more Star Wars like we do almost every week. Um, before I sign us off, Shamari, where can the good citizens of the galaxy find you? Yes, you can find me on um, on uh, the New Generation Podcast Network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. Um, I have a Star Wars podcast on there called the Imperial Broadcast. Me and my younger brother Kendall talk Star Wars. Um, so please check that out. Um, we recently did our we actually did a two-part celebration recap as well, so please check that out. And we'll be talking Mandalorian soon as well. Um, you can check that out anywhere you listen to podcasts, so just look us up and please check it out. Hey, you want to get me on that Mandalorian episode? Just saying. Yes, yeah, if you're available, please do. <laughs> just saying. Just put. It, I'm just inviting myself. That's okay. Don't mind me. I'm just being intrusive, inviting myself places. Um, This has been Geeking Out of Star Wars. We appreciate you listening. And... We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you.